Hey, everybody, you guys, welcome to the show. Today is Mailbox Monday. This is Monday, the 27th of September. Today is the day that I dig into all of your questions. This is Mailbox Monday. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. My name is Heidi St. John, and after serving Washington families for the past 17 years, I am running for Congress to put a proven conservative voice in the House of Representatives to represent the people of Washington State's 3rd Congressional District. If you've had enough of liberals who disguise themselves as conservatives, I need your help. Together, we can tell both the rhinos and opportunistic out-of-state candidates we want our voice back. To join me in my fight for Congress, please visit HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. So I'm glad you guys are here today. A couple things before we get started. I want to remind you that uh, you can find my schedule and where I'm going to be speaking at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. You can also go to my congressional page and see uh, more of the issues that we're tackling all the time. That is HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. I am so impressed by watching what you guys are doing, your desire to see things change, your desire to really be the men and women that God has called you to be. And before I jump into your questions today, uh, I just wanted to let you know, so you guys know I attend a little church in Camas. The name of that church is Radiant, and they have, I think, four services on the weekend. And depending on my travel schedule, I never really know where I'm going to be. Today, I'm flying in, so I recorded this early because I'm flying home from, uh, from Colorado Springs. But uh, I wanted you guys to know that as I'm talking with my with my family and my husband and a lot of the women and men that work at the Homeschool Resource Center, I want to encourage you guys to keep going to church in the middle of all this stuff. Every time I go to church, you know, our one of our pastors was talking about worship uh, last week, and he was saying, you know, sometimes we go to church and we just we're not there, right? Our, our spirit is tired or we feel grieved or it just feels too heavy. And we come to church and people around us are singing. This was me several weeks ago, right? And I'm, I'm standing in the front, front row with my family as we often are. And I couldn't even lift my hands. I, I couldn't even lift my hands in worship. I was so discouraged and distracted. And I felt like I just had nothing left to give. And the Lord understands that. And that consistency of being with God's people and hearing the word, right? The Bible teaches us that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. Like he opens our ears to truth. Our spirits can be refreshed. So um, I know a lot of you are kind of out of the habit and several churches even closed and a lot of them didn't reopen or maybe they reopened with, you know, terrible restrictions. And so you just haven't gone to church. Shame on those churches, by the way. I I will never understand why the church has allowed this to happen uh, to itself. And the way that we're treating this preciousness, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, do not forsake the gathering as some are in the habit of doing, but even more as you see the day approaching. In other words, it's even more important now than it's ever been that we gather together, that we assemble, that we make a joyful noise to the Lord, that we pour our hearts out before him. And so even if you um, are not feeling encouraged, especially if you're discouraged, I would say, take your family to church. 
Make it a habit. I know for some of you, you're just like, oh, I just don't know. Um, make it a habit. If you if there's no place around you that has a good church service to, uh, to attend, you could watch something online. Certainly, I love Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. We're watching. I tend to watch uh, Pastor Jack as I'm getting ready in the morning to go to Radiant Church in Camas, or I might uh, watch uh, Phil Hopper over at Abundant Life in Lee Summit, Missouri. But these are places and ways for us to be encouraged. I want to encourage you to have that attitude of gratitude. Before I jump into your questions, I wanted to read this. I thought it was so good and hope you guys will be encouraged. Uh, when trials appear unexpectedly, how should the Christian meet them? Well, first you need to beware that one of two things will happen. Either the external pressure that you've just encountered will have a good effect on you, causing you to grow in the Lord, or it will have a bad effect on you, causing you to go backward. This is why I've been talking why it's so important. One of the reasons to keep doing the thing, one foot in front of the other. We're going to go to church. We're going to praise you, Lord, even when we don't feel like it um, and trust that the Lord is at work. What attitude are the pressures in your life forming in you right now? I read a little story in Edith Schaefer's book, Affliction, in which she gave an illustration of a woman who was run over by a car. She said, the person lying on the road after such an accident doesn't say, thank you, Lord, that this car ran over me. But you do need to develop an attitude of thankfulness in your heart because as Philippians 4, 6 tells us, we are to make our requests known to God with an attitude of thanksgiving. We look for the things in that situation that we can thank God for. Remember the times in the past when God has met you and provided what you needed and tell yourself it will happen this time too. Thank God ahead of time for the good you know that he will bring. This is one of the secrets that will keep you from ever having a mental breakdown. Always be thankful and keep remembering the things that God has done so that you can be thankful. One of the things that I started doing years ago uh, when Jay's dad died rather unexpectedly, and I haven't, I'm not saying I've done this, you know, every day with, um, you know, never missing a time, but when I was struggling, and this has certainly been true in my family through miscarriage, through whatever uh, trial that we were uh, experiencing in life, writing down what you are thankful for and remembering what God has done in the past really is a key to finding joy and talking what we talked about last Friday, which was that testimony that comes after the test. So get a thankful journal. Sit down with your kids in the morning. Kids, what are you thankful for? What is it that God is doing? We have so much to be thankful for. What can you do to uh, demonstrate that thankfulness? How can you be a blessing in the life of somebody else? And once we are there, uh, it's amazing how God will use it. All right, I'm going to get right to your questions today. You guys are awesome. This one came in from a listener in New York. Heidi, I'm currently a freshman at a Christian college and a member of the women's soccer team there. A teammate of mine just tested positive for COVID, and because I am unvaccinated, they sent me home for seven days to quarantine. I feel like I'm being punished for being unvaccinated and discriminated against. And not only that, but I feel my 14th Amendment rights have been violated. What action can I take? So first of all, this is the same question that I answered from a listener last week about this blatant discrimination against people who are unvaccinated. This is absolutely discrimination. And I believe we are going to see lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. Keep in mind, these things haven't been adjudicated. This is a brand new, this is a brand new uh, thing that we're living through right now in the United States. And the, the, the truth of the matter is we do not uh, know where this is going. And if we don't stand up against it right now, if we can't start saying this is this is the path forward out of this, I think we're going to really, we're going to continue really to struggle. Uh, and I think also as we 
navigate this and you guys realize, oh my word, this is discrimination. I am being discriminated against. It's probably more important now than it ever has been to tell the truth about what is happening to you. So I'm seeing more and more people saying, I got kicked out of my job. I was forced to resign here in Washington state. A lot of people applying for these medical and religious exemptions, which you guys have heard me say, I don't think long-term is the solution. But for right now, it's it's the only thing we really have as we navigate this thing. But the fact of the matter is, if we don't stand up right now, and in Washington State, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, um, you can go ahead. We'll, we'll accept your religious exemption, but we have no accommodation for you. In other words, uh, you're fired without being fired. When you say that this is a violation to the 14th Amendment, um, I think it's probably important for you to understand and this is what we talked about, biblical citizenship. I answered this question the other day, really getting involved in understanding why it's so important that we know the Constitution and what what is it that compels us as citizens of this country to defend our rights under the Constitution. So the United States, the only country on the face of the earth to openly declare that our rights don't come from government, they come from God. And if we believe that our rights come from government, then then our rights can be taken away from us. This is where the 14th Amendment came in. This amendment was passed on July 9th in 1868. I'm going to read this for you. Listen up. During the Reconstruction era, after the Civil War, Congress debated which rights provided by the U.S. Constitution applied to the country's newly freed slaves. So now this is a country really wrestling with the wickedness of slavery and trying to come out from underneath it. And so all these people who say, Oh, you know, um, America was founded by racists and people who owned slaves. Yes, they had um, they had slaves. A lot of them had a very wrong understanding of what it meant to be free. Because we can say, "Well, you're free, but you're not." Clearly, that's wrong. So here we here the country trying to right a wrong, right? Which is one of the reasons I so love this country. By the way, slavery was abolished under the Thirteenth Amendment. So now slavery has been abolished under the Thirteenth Amendment. Now we're writing the Fourteenth Amendment to try to figure. Out how the Constitution applies to these newly uh, newly released slaves. So Congress passes the Civil Rights Act of 1866. This law guaranteed citizenship to everyone born in the United States, regardless of their race, skin color, or previous enslavement. But the conscientiousness of the Civil Rights Act of 1866 was vetoed by then-President Andrew Johnson and was hotly contested by the Southern states, which was worrisome to abolitionists. By the way, when you hear the Democrats talking about, you know, how um, the Republicans are racist, blah, 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 the, the party of slavery was the Democrat party. It was the Republicans that wanted slavery abolished. It was the Republicans under the, the leadership of Abraham Lincoln that said, no, no more. We're not going to put up with this. So these people worried that the law could be overridden or repealed, which would endanger the civil rights of black Americans. To combat this, they pushed for these protections to become part of the U.S. Constitution through a constitutional amendment, which, by the way, I believe we need a constitutional amendment for tort reform. I think we, we're going to have to. We need a constitutional amendment correct protect parents and parental rights. So many things need to be addressed in our country right now. In order for an amendment to be ratified or approved, the amendment must first be approved by two-thirds of the houses of Congress. And from there, it moves to the states for approval. So that means that in 2021, an amendment would have to be approved by how many states? 
38 states. So on July 9th, 1868, the 14th Amendment was approved by three quarters of the U.S. states, and it became part of our Constitution. Um, And so this is what it said in simple terms. The 14th Amendment deals with citizenship rights. Citizenship rights for people born in the United States, regardless of their race or ethnicity, equal protection under the law for all U.S. citizens. And so when you say, uh, I believe that my 14th Amendment right is being violated, because I'm being treated differently based on vaccination status, you're absolutely right, which is why I believe that these that these mandates and this blatant discrimination is going to be tried and adjudicated in the courts. And I do believe that if we can if we can stay true to the Constitution, that you will come out on the winning side of this. So hang in there. Uh, it's absolutely con- it's absolutely unconstitutional, and it's an egregious violation of your personal liberty and also your privacy. So it's very important. Martha from Minnesota. She said, Minnesota Martha here. Hey, Martha. I was wondering if you have any advice for a young mom, 29, who is struggling with meeting an, uh, with needing an older, been there, done that Christian woman to look up to in my life. My own relationship with my mom is hard because of an ugly divorce and other questionable decisions made by her in my growing up. I'm in the thick of it with little uh, with littles, not very self-sufficient children that are taxing all of the time. Uh, maybe there's no advice for this type of situation, but maybe you could just give me some encouragement for the day-to-day life. My husband travels for work in the winter and those weeks he is gone and I am at tears a lot of the time. So first of all, I don't I don't think that you are alone. You know, my generation, we, we were called the latchkey kids, right? Because our parents, uh, both mom and dad, went to work. Many of us, our parents were divorced. I'm also a product of divorce. My parents were divorced. And can I tell you right now, this is why the Bible addresses the older women in Titus 2 to become mentors to the younger ones. And so I, I guess I'm going to deviate from your question just a little bit and speak to the older women who are listening to this. There are thousands and thousands of young mothers right now who desperately need mentorship by older, more mature women and older, more mature mothers. Um, And we've got to do a better job of getting into their lives and helping them, particularly now, as we are being asked to navigate unimaginable circumstances in the United States, which are only adding to the uh, stress and the load of these young moms. And so if that's you, I don't care you know, where you are, you guys can join us at MomStrong International. You can uh, do those Bible studies, which we've got wonderful Bible studies continuing to come out every single month there. And uh, you guys are going to see me continuing to teach over there and mentor. You can start a MomStrong International group right in your home and say, hey, you know, every Tuesday we're going to get together and we're going to, we're going to go through the word and relate those things to parenting and parenting right now in the midst of all this stuff is very, very challenging. And frankly, I think very hard on children also. So I'm going to encourage you to a place of, um, older women becoming more active, look for those young moms. And then to the young moms, here's what I would say to you, Martha, for one thing, You've got to be honest about where you're at. And so I would encourage you, be very honest that you need a mentor in your life, Um, whether that's looking for that in the homeschool community or looking for it in your church, or maybe even looking to see who's around you online. It's not my favorite thing to do, but um, if you have to do a long distance membership uh, mentorship, 
that's actually okay. Look to organizations like Mom Strong International. Look for mentors that are there. And if you want to be a mentor, you can be a leader at Mom Strong International. Just go to momstronginternational.com. You can sign up there and we will hook you up and teach you how to be a mentor. It's never been more important than it is right now. So Martha, hang in there. Let your needs be known. If you're not already a member of MSI, I would just encourage you go to momstronginternational.com. Like I said, we do monthly Bible studies there. We have a program called Kids Strong where we teach you how to pass on the truths of what you're learning to little children. We have um, a section called Anchored that's written specifically for those of you who have teens in your home. A motherhood, uh, moms need other moms. Uh, this is why I wrote Becoming Mom Strong. It's been the theme of my life, trying to encourage uh, moms to come up with solutions that are going to help you raise your children to adulthood with joy. And so uh, I'm going to encourage you in that direction today. All right, Martha, hang in there. Cindy from Olala. I'm wondering with all the school bus driver shortages, and my guess is it's because of the vaccine mandate, is there a law on the books that transportation must be provided for children to school? So I don't know. I'm just going to be really honest with you, Cindy. I don't know. My feeling is yes, because all this stuff is funded through taxpayer money. So my feeling is that, you know, it's it's uh, children by law, have to be given access to a good education. That's why what's happening uh, with young Melanie Gabriel here in Washington State is such a joke and such a tragedy that we are segregating our children based on whether or not they'll wear a face mask to school. The school knows that it is required to give this young woman access to a good education. I don't know for sure. Maybe one of you guys can write in and give me the answer to that question. You know, my strong feeling is it probably is required. All right, Emma from Arizona. Hi, Mrs. Heidi. Hi, Emma. I'm a 13-year-old homeschooler, and I've been struggling with the way women are treated in the Bible. My mom says it's because of sin and that God doesn't plan it this way and that his intention was for us girls to be protected. But I struggle with it. When the Bible goes through the lineage, there's no even mention of women. Women are often treated poorly, even today's women in Afghanistan. Yep, Emma, you're right. Can you help me understand how God really feels about girls and women? Uh, The Bible teaches us in Zephaniah that that the Lord, imagine this, Emma. So I grew up with a father who, I think he he tried to love me, but his family was broken. He came from a broken home. And I think he was very, very wounded by his own dad. And I think the, um, the saying that wounded people wound other people is very true. And so I grew up not having, uh, I didn't feel anyway, just access to that really loving father figure that I so desperately wanted. And so someone told me one time, if you really want to know how God feels about you, go to the book of John, go to see how Jesus dealt with the prostitute that he met at the well, all of the other men, and because they were living, if you think about it, in times where women were really treated as little more than cattle. This was a very cultural thing. Women were often um, given in marriage, right? They had no choice. Esther is a perfect example of this. In Zephaniah, I think it's chapter three. I could be wrong. Uh, Zephaniah, I want to say it's 317. Don't quote me. But the Bible says that God rejoices over us with singing, that he quiets us with his love. And so your mom is right in telling you that the reason that you see such harsh treatment of women, this really is a result of the fall and it doesn't please the Lord. There's nothing in the Bible that says that women are less than Men. And in fact, the Bible sees us as both equal with different roles and different responsibilities, just like we have different roles and different responsibilities in every area of life. It doesn't mean that one is less valuable or more valuable 
than the other. But if you want to know how much God loves you, look at what he did for you, Emma, on the cross, right? God sent his only son. The Bible says that that he so loved you, that God so loved the world. God's love for this world drove him to send his son, Jesus Christ, to be the sacrifice for your sin. That is amazing, Emma. He loves you. And so look no further than, than God's uh, sacrifice of his own son, Jesus, for your sin and my sin. Um, God doesn't see us, and this is also in uh, in Scripture. I'll link back to some verses for you today. But to God, there's no difference between slave and free man, male and female, Greek and Jew. God sees us all the same and loves us the same and sent his son for every single one of us. And that, Emma, is how much he loves you. The fact that women are oppressed all over the world, and they are, and in fact, in the women's suffrage movement, we fought for equal pay for the same job that men were doing, right? For the right to vote and all those things. The feminist movement has turned into some sort of garbage that I don't like at all. Uh, but it stemmed from the very real uh, the very real fact that women were discriminated against by virtue of the fact that they were women. And that has always been the case. It's the case around the world. But the Bible teaches us that is the result of sin in the world and not uh, a reflection on how God feels about women. All right, you guys, that's all the questions that I have time for today. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Please share this link, particularly the video links as we get them out there on social media. And uh, I'd love to answer your questions. If you want them addressed at Mailbox Monday, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow with my friend, Marianne Sunderland. We're going to be talking about special needs homeschooling at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.